1: Welcome back to a Bear Down segment on the Coach Steve Show. It's back from a hiatus. Hello, Zach. How's it going?
0: <laughs> Hello. Coach, I'm doing good. It's been too long. Uh, but I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, it's it, it's a season that definitely just need to be over with. Um, I'm, and I'm just glad we get to talk. Like I said, it's been too long between episodes for you and I.
1: Yeah, uh... Because like we always say, I'm actually a coach, so I have to have responsibilities. and Right, coach basketball, which is, uh, it's Groundhog Day every day. Uh, you go to work in the morning, it's dark out, you get home at night, oh, it's dark out, it's cool, it's amazing. It's Groundhog Day every day. <laughs> um, but there wasn't much to talk about, the Bears were terrible, I guess is the nice way to put it. Um, but a lot's happened. A lot has happened. Uh, but yes, we're back with a bear down segment. We're now in the off season. Uh, the Bears ended up, oh, what was a record? Three and fourteen, I believe.
0: Yes, sir. Worst in the NFL.
1: Yep, Bears ended up being three and fourteen, uh, last in everything. I think besides rushing offense, maybe was up there, but that's about it. We were ranking historic, pretty low.
0: Historic Bears rushing effort, though. That's the thing. Cause like, I think it's most in a season that they've ever had.
1: Yeah, but does that mean much?
0: It's a it's a silver lining. I know that, that I know that that's not maybe that's not going that won't repeat itself arguably next year when they are going to be adding more to help bolster the air attack that needs bolstering, but yeah, it's it's something I guess you can take home with you.
1: Yeah, Justin Fields had the most rushing yards, 1143. Cole Clement had the receiving yards of 544. Nicholas Morrow had 116 tackles. Eddie Jackson had four interceptions, so those are some positives there, I guess. Justin Fields' passing yards was 2,242 to end the year. Uh, 3-14 did not win a game since the Patriots, if you want to put that into perspective.
0: longest losing streak in Bears history this year. Uh, that also was a record that wasn't talked about because well no one wa- no one wants to br- no one should want to bring that up anyway, but yeah, it's it's the long this year's the longest losing streak in Chicago Bears uh, football history. Sad to say that.
1: Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about all those games or are not going to, but I will say this, at least they're right. in the stretch at the beginning. Um, dolphins, Lions, Falcons. At least it was competitive. At least there were some things that we could have taken positively from that game. Um, that's when my life got busy, and I had to listen to the BS from Chicago sports podcast media experts, quote-unquote, start to ramble off. And then as the year went on, it got worse and worse. I stopped following all their podcasts because I could just because no longer handle the stupidity of people, and I don't care if they know it. But if they offered me a job, I would take it. But until then, they are idiotic, is what I'll say.
0: <laughs> hey, Kaplan just left uh, NBCSN. You could uh, you could go and talk about that if you want.
1: Oh, I would love that job. The security of it. I would call out everybody. I would call out everybody <laughs> if I had that type of security.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, I was I say Kaplan? That was that was part of his part of his role. You could you could fill in that void in that void pretty
1: good. And I'm pretty cheap. Like not cheap cheap, but you don't have to pay me his type of money. You know. If you paid me what did he make a year? A lot of money probably.
0: Probably you, solid for being that, that market you could you pay know, me and for his tenure alone.
1: You could pay me eighty five grand a year and I'll be happy. You just put me there. But you gotta pay for all my expenses to travel.
0: Well, sure, sure. I mean, you gotta, gotta get If you're gonna be at a place like that, you gotta get the incentive, man. Like, you, you have to get those things. But like, I'm with you. You got, you get, you get the travel cost and some of the other things like that covered that are like essential to your job. Like, make sure that you know NBC Universal covers that Comcast, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're golden. You know, I do all that.
1: Yeah, but this episode, we are going to be all over the place. We will definitely not get to everything because we don't have time. We do have other things to do, but things happened. Um, I don't even know where to start. I guess the Bears get the number one overall pick, which has not happened since I think the 40s for the Bears, I think is what they said.
0: 1947.
1: Yeah, so the Bears have never been in that position before. Um, It came out that Chase Claypool – we actually got rid of, what, our 32nd pick or something like that and i up being in the first round, I believe. So we had talked about that before. Right,
0: because, uh, yeah, the Dolphins lose a pick, um, from what I have, from my recollections, just because of their uh, – some of the un- findings of their supposed tanking that they were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that gets removed. Um <clears throat> But uh, yeah, that it pretty much becomes a first-round pick, is what it is, and and I know that's technicality, but you know, it is kind of is kind of the case. So the Bears could have already had the thirty-second plus for how much people have been discussing, you know, that since the since we don't need a QB, um, that we'd be trading back. That would have been nice. That, not going to be not going to lie. Uh, having potentially, you know, two first-rounders essentially. Would have been pretty good.
1: Yeah, because looking back, Chase Claypool has the talent, but for the Bears, do not really do much. But the experts are going to say that he just wasn't around enough and not used the right way and all this other stuff. And so that's what the experts are going to say. But then you shouldn't have traded for him to begin with if this was going to be the issue. So
0: I know. I, I don't like the deal more and more. And it's it comes down to the contract that he is on because if he wasn't going to perform this year, which sure, whatever, it's hard to get into a system right away. and there's apparently there was talks that Luke Getzey didn't want to change didn't want to adjust it to make it easier for Claypool, so he kept status quo with what they're doing. So whatever. But keep this in mind, he was on on basically half of his year and a half left on his con, rookie contract with this trade uh didn't do too much this year really besides a few i would say every once in a while highlight uh one-on-one situations and then kind of disappeared for most of the season you know even when we're talking about the period where darnell mooney's out well i know some people saying well you know justin fields is throwing to like breadcrumbs out there and only cole Komet." but pardon my language but chase claypool why are you not then actively trying to get him going and getting positivity his way. I don't know. But that wasn't working, and now you are going into next year. This is one of the issues Ryan Poles is going to have to deal with. It's kind of minor in the grand scheme if you think about it, but it still is there where – Chase Claypool's on his one-year remaining of his deal. Uh, it is a contract year for him coming up, which could bring the best out of players. Pressure does sometimes create diamonds, and he has stated that you know he wants to work with Justin Fields in the offseason a lot, which I bet he will. Mm-hmm. But you are basically banking on next year to make that essentially first-round pick pay off. You know, with that forfeited Miami pick, which was for tampering again, mind you, um, that is a first rounder, so that is something you are risking. If you don't pull this off, that is a miss, uh, sadly. But it's only my it, 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 c- c- accordance to whatever else Chicago has to deal with. It's it's funny how that is actually like a minor thing compared to other stuff they need to pick up.
1: Hmm. Um. But. People don't want to talk about that either. They want to talk about Yeah, I mean that that else. one that's
0: what annoys me is people skirt that issue too. And I'm like, guys, it's still an issue. They missed on that pick. Like, except it at least right now they're missing on it. It could right. change, but right now it feels like a pretty big miss. Well or at least a pretty big miss on the trade.
1: So this whole year made me less and less love being a Bears fan. It actually has forced me to sit there and go, I'll be a Bears fan no my web, but it forced me to want to sit there and go, do I go be a fan of somebody else? That's how bad it started to get. Mm. Um, that would never happen. I might go root for another team. Like I think I secretly was a Lions fan at some points. There was points in this year where I was like, I'm a Lions fan. I really like what they're doing. Um, <laughs> or somebody else. You know, Not the fact that they were winning, but I just liked them. And sure. The, the I knew Bears fans were bad During the Matt Nagy times. Not all. I shouldn't say all. I should just say there were people. This year was extremely bad overall with the flip-flopping of opinions, the flip-flopping of people being dumb if you're not on the Justin Fields bandwagon. Because ESPN, Fox Sports, they wanted him to be good so bad. And there were so many excuses made. And one of them is the Claypool thing. They want to talk about it. They don't want to say everything we just said of... The pick, like we could sit here and say they messed up. I mean, they took a risk and the risk is not now next year he could go off. Next year he if they keep him, he could go off and have a huge year, and we can go back and say, okay, now it's now we're getting the picks worth. But for right now, he was literally non existent for the Bears. He literally had 140 yards receiving in his time mm-hmm. and no touchdowns. Like, that's not producing for anybody. You know, Pettis had more yards. Montgomery had more yards. St. Brown had more yards. I know they were around longer, but if you're this athlete and you're supposed to be able to go up and get the ball, I don't believe that they didn't try to get him the ball. I don't believe that. Because when he first got into the game, they threw to him right away. So the the record of, oh, they're not going to try to get him the ball, that's BS. They're just trying to find some excuse uh, to defend the draft pick that they did. Uh, And
0: I don't know. Like like I
1: said, he's supposed to be part of this whole
0: grand scheme for next year. So like, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I do think that that needs to, it's, if it wasn't hard enough of valued this year, like next year, it's gotta be even harsher because again, one year deal, you know, you're, you want to decide on, Hey, is this guy worth keeping around? Is he contributing? You know, like I, I will specify like the bears don't have like a, Kenny Galladay situation or anything like the Giants do. Like, it's not like you're locked in with money or anything, but it's just like it's annoying because for all the talk about like we want to stockpile picks, and then you do a trade like this, you know, and it does remove, you know, it does remove a second rounder that was going to be high. That's what I guess is annoying. So, you know, you hope he pans out, you know, but we'll, we'll find out. That's going to come up probably. Within, uh, you know, this next 365 days, we'll see.
1: Yeah, because yeah. another, another thing I – hope the
0: guy gets like 900 – I hope he gets like 900 to 1,000 yards. That, to me, is worth keeping, but he won't get break the bank or anything. So. No.
1: Because um, I guess that's the other thing about this season before we move on to the big topics that people have been freaking losing their minds on is I didn't – I thought this would be like a year or so rebuilding. It has now come to the big mm-hmm. slap to the face that this could be – three seasons worth of building because of how unless they do some like the thing no one's talking about is what kind of free agents can we go get you know everybody is talking about the money we have but you have to be able to lure people in and the only people you've heard people are all about getting hopkins out of arizona like trade for him trade this pick to get him we could afford it now because we have this money um i don't know what free agents they're gonna get i have not dug deep into that at all. Everybody seems to be worried about the draft. Everybody seems to worry about trading the number one pick to somebody to get something. And that's fine. But I think for me was okay, we have this money next year. Cool, we're gonna have picks. Next year'll be better. The way it's going, I don't know if it'll be better. I don't know. I would like to think it would be better. And it might be, but but what's better? What's better? Seven and nine or whatever it is, seven and ten. I mean that'd be better, but I don't think the Bears are going to be think, that.
0: So I don't see them being best case scenario. They're a wild card team. That, that that is what I think a lot of people assume for next year. You know, I think I think midway through the year we saw some flashes with the guys healthy and went, yeah, yeah, maybe we can see them. You know, jumping up and being that potential conference. You know, or sorry, division. You know, championship type of conversation for next year, depending on the moves. Right now, I think next year my 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 highest ceiling is if they can get a wild card at like nine and eight or ten and seven. Um, that's that is the best of the best type of scenario for me. Um, otherwise, I'm with you. I see next year is like if we can get to 500, that's pretty good progress to me. Mm-hmm. And that's just because there's a lot of stuff to fill. And yes, there's a lot of money they're going to get a lot of picks. I I also think that they that unless if Will Anderson comes out and impresses that much, I think they stick with that number 1. But if they don't, then they trade back. So you have all this capital. Think about you have this is the scenario. You have a lot of capital, you have a lot of money. I don't know if they will jump the same way like 2018 to 2017 was. That's not what I'm seeing. You know, I think it's a wild card team at best if you land everything correctly. If you don't, it's a two-year rebuild. That's what I think a lot of people were maybe thinking is it's probably going to be at least, at the very least, I think, two years where mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, you pay your stars that you want back or key components you want back. You pick up guys in free agency over the next two seasons that are going to be available. I mean, some folks are talking about T. Higgins if they don't get – if, the, for example, he's not there with uh, Cincinnati in 2024, that he could be available, you know. I know D Hop's been talked about this year, but it depends. How patient are you? Do you want D Hop or do you save that money and do you wait a season again? Pick up maybe someone more, better, reliable role players like DJ Chark, for example. He's available Mm -hmm. after this season. Um, He's already on the free agent market from Detroit. If Detroit doesn't get him, uh, you can get him. That's another reliable higher quality receiver than some guys you have on that roster right now. And then what if you wait till 2024 and you pick up like a T Higgins or something, you know, right. You know, there's, there's a few options. Oh, you have a lot of money and you got a lot of picks. Uh, I will, I will say this though, use a good chunk of the, of your cap. Don't use all of it in my eyes. Um, because you don't want to be a Chris Ballard where you're hoarding money. (laughs) Uh, I think you still want to spend reasonable if you want to get yourself out of the cellar, you know, if you have the capability of doing it, do it, but don't totally bankrupt yourself on the cap end. Just, just, there's a good middle ground. I guess what I'm saying? I I live in Indianapolis. I hear about Chris Bauer all the time and I watch how the Colts operate themselves. One of the things that they have burned themselves on for years is that they do not know how to spend their cap space. Right, And you don't want to be like the Indianapolis Colts where it's almost too little too late. You've missed free agency opportunities because you didn't know how to spend that cap, you know, or you were waiting on saying, well, I'm going to pay these guys that I drafted. Like, that's great. You should think about that, but don't miss out on swings if you can reasonably land swings. Right.
1: Um, Because I think that's another thing people don't realize or talk about is they don't have to spend all of their cap space next year. So that's why this is more and more reality of it's going to be 2024, 2025 when the Bears are back talking about winning and competing in playoffs, hopefully, because of what this plan is. But another thing this has opened eyes to is there are so many holes to fix if you really want to break it down. There there are. are. The defense, you don't have a defensive line that's consistent. Linebackers are just kind of a hodgepodge when they got when they made all that. It's Just a hodgepodge of linebackers. They were athletic. I thought they tackled hard when you actually watch them. Just a hodgepodge. Safeties and corners, I think, are the only spots that you can think about. But like hey, Jackson was injured again. So they're looking at getting a safety. Are you looking at trying to find a good backup? So there's a holes. Offensively. Apparently the offensive line completely sucked, even though I thought I I thought. They got better when they found a consistent starting lineup.
0: So here's what's crazy to me is I think PFF came out with their ratings for lines, and Chicago finished 14th overall in the PFF ranking, like in terms of overall pass protection. Although I believe it was they were 24th in pass pro. A lot of it was made up by their run blocking. But, I mean, they're 14th overall in courts them, which I guess – for how good they are with the run game in terms of making holes, mm-hmm. I guess if you balance that out, that's kind of where it would land—is that happy middle ground? Because pass blocking, I'll admit, was atrocious. Like there's no spinning on that, so they, they still have to pick up new guys. I mean, like let's be honest, no one wants to see Sam Mustafer back as center next year, right? Um, if he, if he is back, there will people will be there will people will be people will be revolting down Michigan Avenue. Or at least down Lakeshore Drive towards the stadium, or they'll go out to House Hall. One of the three options. They, there's there's a few places you could probably choose um, <laughs> to dis, to show your displeasure. Uh, you know, there's I mean, guys like that. You know, I think Braxton Jones needs another season of just another offseason season, of just kind of developing. Although a lot of people like Jones overall, so you know, showed some signs this last past year. Uh, don't have to around with Tevin Jenkins. Let him start at the beginning and just, he's good, you know. Don't F around with with changing him out during mid-games or, like, whatever in the offseason you were doing. Right. Like play him normally. He deserves that spot. He played up to his spot this year, you know. And then figure out what you want to do with, like, Cody Whitehair and company, you know, with the rest of the depth because I think that's the big discussion is, like, guys that were maybe okay or, like, in terms of Whitehair's case, used to be pretty solid and – I think had kind of an off year, you know, when he was – at least when he was healthy. Doug Kramer
1: coming back I think will be huge.
0: Yeah, now Kramer, yeah, that's one I think people wanted to see more like you're talking, you know.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I thought the offensive line got better because, again, people don't want to talk about it, you know, the – Chgo's of the world don't want to talk about all the shuffling of the O line, and they want to blame the whole O line for everything. And I am not saying they got off scot free; they were not, did not play well. But did we realize all the shuffling? You watch the like different starting lineups, but you got these podcast shows who I called out before. It's just O line; you just push people like that's all you do. Like they don't understand that <laughs> if you are moving guys around, like if you are really, really, really good. So if you are really good offensive lineman. You can go from right tackle to left tackle and it won't, it'll bother you for a couple snaps and you'll figure out because you're that good. But those are few and far between. So if you are a decent lineman and you go from right tackle to left tackle, you're going to struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right guard to left guard, center to guard, guard to center. Then all of a sudden during the game, well, let's pull him out and put this guy in. It doesn't work because you don't have this cohesiveness of communication. And do they understand the blocking scheme? Do you have to tell people? like People don't understand how O-line works all the time. And, yes, I guess at the end of the day, if you want to be a jackass about it, you just push him or keep him away from the quarterback. But people don't want to talk about that. When you watch the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, I'm curious to know, do they shuffle in and out their O-line? I'm curious to know if they have different starting lineups. And maybe they do because of injuries. Packers, it happens. But when the Packers do it, they have really, really good O-linemen. So it doesn't bother him to be moved around. When you've got a mink shift offensive line built, this is going to happen. But I personally thought during that losing stretch, but we're losing by one, we're losing by two or whatever, uh, I didn't hear complaints about it against the Patriots. There was no complaints about the O-line during that game. I didn't really – you know, Mm -hmm. so um, that's my big issue with that. And offense is the wide receivers. They keep saying we don't have wide receivers. And they're right and they're not right because, again – these experts, quotes, end quote, hated these receivers, saying he had, Justin Fields has no help. We'll get to Justin Fields soon. Don't worry, that's coming up. We're building up to that moment. But I didn't hear complaining about them when they beat the 49ers. I didn't hear complaining about them when we beat the Patriots. I didn't hear complaining about them all the time when we were starting off that losing streak. It was when it started to get bad. Then they wanted to start blaming the receivers, and all we heard was they're no good, they're no good. I mean, I thought Mooney could be a guy, then he got hurt. Didn't they just give St. Brown an extension because he can uh, block? Yeah, they
0: get, I mean, they gave him a one year, like one and quarter million extension. Okay, uh, so he must be doing crazy. something right. Like a, yeah, well, well, he's now the thing he gets good critiques on is he's a good run blocker. That, that's that's a lot of stuff I've heard is, you know, his run blocking, and I've seen it too, it's pretty solid. So they probably picked him up, I think, for that and some depth, at least for guys that know the system. Mm-hmm. So it's not expensive. That's the best part of it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if St. Brown. Like I, I, St. Brown, if anything, next year I more hope is like a receiver four. Five, mm-hmm. you know, I think some folks are hoping Valus Jones keeps his positive progression he had at the end of the year going, and kind of overtakes that. But we'll see. It all depends on who they want to pick up, maybe in the free agent market.
1: Right. Um, running back, I thought was fine. Montgomery didn't stay healthy. Herbert just is horror. Is not horrible, but he's not a great pass protector, and that's moon. You know, uh, Montgomery's thing. Not
0: at thing. all. It's such a. It's such an Achilles heel for that for him. That's it, what's crazy, you know. I, I think his running ability. Some people think, and I agree. There's times where I think he's better than Monty in certain aspects, but dude is god awful in pass protection.
1: Yes, um,
0: it's, it's his main Achilles heel.
1: So they might be in the market for a running back because Herbert will be back, but Montgomery, as of right now, is going to be a free agent. So I'm curious to see if they sign him or not. Or if they yeah. draft a running back, or they go after one. I know <laughs> Saquon Saquon Barkley keeps getting talked about to go to Chicago. Mm. But do you I risk mean, that? I
0: don't. I don't know if you. But do but do you want to do that? Like to me, you're better off just retaining Montgomery for a reasonable amount and just running your two headed monster like you were doing. That That's point. what I think. Yeah. like say like Saquon's, like Saquon and is like would be like the same for any team as, like picking up Christian McCaffrey like the 49ers did like yeah sure but to me you you already have a three-headed monster in the run game the run game to me is your least concerning facet of that offensive setup you know it, it's all about to me building the air attack you know next year it should be all about building the air attack and, sh- and getting Justin Fields comfortable with you know hey we don't want to do as many design runs we don't want to get you as killed as often you know we want to see you grow as a passer
1: on a more consistent basis during the season. So, did you just evaluate him? Experts say we can't do that. I mean, I how. mean,
0: I, I kind of did. I, I was hoping maybe, I was hoping maybe I'd get away with that. But you know what? I, I'm sorry. I, I realize, I realize that I am getting someone knocking on my door saying, "Shut the hell up." So,
1: Ryan Clark's gonna going, going at to knock on your
0: door. This is the last time I mention it. <laughs> Sorry, no, people. No, screw that.
1: Head. Screw yeah. that. I'm evaluating his ass, because that'll be the next thing we do because I I get no, I, fiery I on you, Twitter. You, I get fiery.
0: You've already you've already been, I am aware.
1: Like so, I already have the uh, Yeah, I'm I have the New York Giants stats pulled up from their receivers because we want to talk about targets and receptions. I'm all ready to go because this it's ridiculous. Um and then there's Justin Fields. So maybe I should just ask, do you trade Justin Fields because you have this first round pick, and Bryce Young is sitting there at the table
0: no i I have thought this one through. I don't think you should do that yet uh. I mean, to me, you know, you can, here's my, here's my debate on this is, uh, you know, say you trade back, okay? I think of this as a two-pronged thing. You trade back in that first round pick, you get a first round pick for next year. Now, say that team sucks, again, this is contingency plans in my eyes, if Justin Fields next year doesn't Elevate himself beyond what he's done with passing this coming like this past season. Ryan Poles pulls a pro-gamer move and basically has a first-round pick in his pocket to have a contingency plan for 2024, because 2024 also is going to have some reasonable quarterback options. Keep that in mind. So I say next, this year, you still build around him, but you are putting pieces together to where no matter what, after next season... 2024 you can go in pig, figure out if you are still going with the same course at your QB situation or if you're changing and work with those pieces that should work for whoever you put behind center. So you're basically safeguarding yourself one way or another. I think you build around fields, but you're still building for whoever is the best in terms of getting a QB that can actively and <laughs> actively and capably throw throw games that you not throw games, but you know execute a offense that's explosive and is an air attack primarily that I think people want in Chicago. So that's how I'd do it. I don't think you trade this year. I think next year is when you debate that if things don't go the way they go, they need to next this coming season.
1: Yeah, because I want to save my eval- our, my. <clears> – <throat> we're going to evaluate Justin Fields at the end. I just want to get through the draft part because this is a huge topic. Because it's been talked about, even though Paul said – Oh yeah, he'll start next year. There's no rhyme or reason as to why Fields is Paul's guy because he did not draft him. Like you said, we don't That's know. True. Uh, we don't know what's going on in Polls yeah. head. So, I think it's not off the table. I won't be shocked if he does. If he comes out and trades him for more picks, I will not be shocked. Everybody else will. Everybody in Bears land was going to be shocked. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to. Mm-hmm. Couple things can happen here. One, he can trade the first round pick and do something with it and keep fields. Two, he can trade fields, yep. get more draft picks, which is what Bears fans want. We want all these draft picks for some reason. So might as well trade. Yeah, him. the first
0: two options you're talking. Yeah.
1: Second,
0: yeah, that was about it.
1: He could draft Bryce Young and keep Justin Fields for a plan. Yeah, that was also talked yeah. about. Because now, if Justin Fields doesn't do well next year, doesn't progress, he could still trade him, get something. You can get a different quarterback. Now Bryce Young's stepping up. Now I will defend Fields and the Bryce Young thing. To me, if you draft Bryce Young and you keep Fields, you're just drafting the same guy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But if you look at stats, because people want to go by stats, Justin Fields went to Georgia, couldn't beat out to be the starter. So he left and went to Ohio State. First year Ohio State in 2019, he threw for 3,273 yards, 41 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Very good year. But again, you have three or four first-round wide receivers and offensive linemen and two running backs that average 125 yards a pop per game, two of them. 2020 COVID year, Justin Fields uh, throws for 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Struggled against Indiana, who had a good team, and struggled against Northwestern. Um, Should have lost those games. And we draft him. Here is uh, Bryce Young. 2020 COVID year. uh, He was a freshman, did not really play. 2021, throws for 4,872 yards, 47 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Then this year, 3,328 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. And he was hurt. He got hurt for a game or two. Mm -hmm. So to me, you're drafting the same guy. Um, I think Bryce Young is a better winner. Now you can make the debate, well, he has guys to throw to as well, just like Justin Fields. So that's why I really don't know how you do this. But another option that I like and people don't like is I want Gardner Minshew in Chicago because I'm looking at the landscape. Love Gardner Minshew.
0: But as a QB room person, though, right? Like I, 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 because I've, I've talked to you about this. I don't want him starting.
1: You know? I would not be mad about him starting, but I also understand that if they got him, it would have to be in a backup role because they're so committed to fields. But mm-hmm. you need someone to push fields because as of right now, I don't think anybody's like challenging him. So you bring Minshew in, who, I mean, he was in Jacksonville, who had nobody uh, that I know of, 21 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Last year for Philadelphia, he didn't play much. 4 touchdowns, 1 interception. Now he's 3-3 and this year. But, I mean, Jacksonville, I think you just need a guy in there to push Fields. I think you need a guy in there to where if Fields does not progress as a passer, you have somebody that can be thrown in and understand. Or you'll get Derek Carr, but I don't know if that's part of the plan of getting this older quarterback in. Because Gardner Minshew has not been around that long. I was just looking at the landscape of the quarterbacks. Uh, me and my friend back home, Coach West, he loves Gardner Minshew. We just need somebody that understands how to win in the NFL with less. Cause, mm-hmm. But but who is that guy? I don't know Derek Carr's well, I mean, possibility. Look,
0: I'm, I'm, but I mean, I'm looking at the – dude. look, I look at the Giants and I see a team that, you know, for all we complain about – um, I mean that's a nine and that's a now ten and seven roster that just upset the Minnesota Vikings with what I thought was a team that wasn't going to be there, you know. Yeah, that that's someone I had. You know, if you're talking winning with less, that's the model right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and credit the Giants. Keep this in mind: they have the third highest cap space in the NFL. It's not a. It's not close to the Bears. It's still like only fifty-four million, but fifty-four million you still can do a good chunk with. Yes. Know, so. Um, it's it's a fascinating that's a fascinating scenario to me. But yeah, I mean this year, like I said, you're going to see the coaching. A lot of people have, you know, I think they punted on evals for the coaching for sure. Especially the GM. Next year, those gloves do come off, and I've seen there have been folks like like us that have said next year those gloves do come off, and that they need to. You know, mm-hmm. you have all this cap space and picks. You do need to start showing it. You know, because basically, with the amount of space you've created and how much has been cut from the team, you are basically setting up what Bears football will most likely be for probably the next, at least next three to five years, um, in what it's going to look like, unless you do the contingency plan setup that I'm debating you have ready, with trading back. You know, right. if if that's your only piece, that's the problem. For example, like if you're like like next year, if we turn to the Jets. Which I don't think you can say he'll be like that. Fields will be at all like Zach Wilson. I'm not saying that, but like, say you have it where the situation is, everything's great, except we need QB play to be better. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So,
1: and then I wanted not, to throw this and not
0: not not that it not that it's like Zach Wilson. I'm just telling you that it's if it happens to be that way, where defense is there, offensive lines back fully there, you have talented, youngish receivers or receiving core that should be able to do what it needs to and you aren't winning games, that's when I start questioning stuff, and then you consider things for the offseason. So, right.
1: Yeah. So for the Bears on ESPN, they have every person I got thrown to, and so like targets. So like Cole Comet was targeted 69 times, he had 50 receptions. Mm-hmm. So the Bears has 359 targets. Receptions is only 223. So they dropped 136 balls thrown to them. New York Giants, 489 targets. They had 346 catches. So they dropped 143. So they dropped more passes than the Bears wide receivers. And the Giants are still in the playoffs. And I'm not saying the Giants are the worst team. The Bears are obviously the worst team, and this might be a stupid argument because I just now did this. I didn't have this planned. I was just looking at it. The people mm-hmm. that said the Bears' wide receivers were terrible and they can't catch, they make Justin Fields look bad while he throws them perfect balls. And you see on Twitter where they put a capital letter, a lowercase letter, capital K, you know that that thing. Justin Fields can't throw. The receivers are terrible. Then why? Do they have more drops or less drops than the Giants? Is that Daniel Jones because he's better? I'm not. That's not what I'm getting at. But you look at the Giants. Do they have this amazing throw off the charts wide receivers? They have Darius Slayton, who had 724 yards. That's a lot.
0: Hodgins came on later in the year, but he wasn't full season breaking the bank for them. I mean, Kenny Galladay is supposed to be that main guy in terms of contract, and he only caught one touchdown this year. Like, he's been the biggest flop in recent NFL history in terms of contract status.
1: Um, Saquon Barkley, he was the most yards after catch for the Giants. Darius Slayton was 262 yards, yards after catch. Cole Comet had 286. Same, uh, Dave Montgomery had 283. So, like, you didn't have slouches. So this whole notion that these wide receivers were just terrible, I'm not saying they were great. They were young. They're young. It's a system change for them as well. Play calling I didn't think was great at the beginning of the year. And even during the losing streak, I thought it was better than what it was. I thought they ran routes harder. I thought they caught the ball better. Because there were times where they're like, just they didn't catch the ball, and I'm like, look, in a game you can find stats. Oh, he got the ball thrown to him three times; he caught it twice. So to me, I would mm-hmm. take those odds. It doesn't have to be three for three. But we, but these podcast guys like to say that because there's no film, you'd have to go find the film to prove. Like, well, was that third or that first drop uh, right in the hands? Was it poked out by the defense? Was it considered a drop? And I could deep dive into all that. I just don't have the time. I have the film. I just don't have the time to go through every single pass that was made. I do know for a fact that there are teams out there that, because here's the big debate. Imagine if Justin Fields had Jefferson. Imagine if he had A.J. Brown. And imagine if he had this guy. Imagine if he had this guy. Well, I could say the same thing about the Giants. Imagine if you'd put them on the Giants. Imagine if you put them on the Jaguars. Imagine like so these teams that find a way to win, you can't continue to make the debates. Well, we gotta find that guy. Imagine if he got that guy. Imagine if if, if Hopkins was on the team. You can't continue to make that argument. Now, would that make them better? Absolutely it would. But I, I've seen Tom Brady before not have Randy Moss and have, you know, these kind of receivers similar ish to the Bears and they've done well. I've seen people do well with that. Like, I don't know what to tell people, but I am sick and tired of, like, seeing this because, to me, before we get into Justin Fields, it's a team aspect. So, to me, my whole argument to people has always been, I'm going to blame the quarterback. I'm going to blame the O-line. I'm going to blame the receivers. I'm going to blame the play calling because when you lose, it all goes together. I'm going to blame the defense for putting them in bad spots. Why? You traded everybody away. You got rid of them. So what's mm-hmm. going to happen? Uh, Roquan Smith is getting paid now, and I'm glad he's getting paid because he played very well when he got to the Ravens. It just continued.
0: No, he he, he deserved that bank. I mean, honestly, I mean, you look at – I mean, for crying out loud, yesterday you look at that ma- that matchup against the Bengals, that's one, that's one poor decision of jumping over the line away from – that defense smothering Cincinnati and we could be talking about Baltimore moving on to the next round, you know, I mean, to me, they paid, they paid him what they needed to. And it's funny because, you know, I, I guess Chicago didn't think of him as a $20 million man, but you know, many others in the NFL apparently didn't. So, you know, there you have it there. I mean, sure. Baltimore's doing its own path. They got things to figure out. Clearly they have Lamar Jackson still to figure out, but you know, he's gone. I was kind of wondering, like, hey, you know, we probably could give him that that amount of space. We have that cap space to pay him. And not to mention that we also – if we discover like – here's the thing, hypothetical. We discover Jack Sanborn midway through the season because, as I would say, Nick Morrow and Johnson were not – to me, they were average, very average. But if you put Jack Sanborn in – and Roquan at the same time, could you imagine how ahead of the game we'd be in the running in the linebacker core for next year? Mm-hmm. We we'd be there. We're one we're one reasonable signing away. So, yep. you know, I, I mean, I it drove me drove me crazy. But again, it's it, that comes to them. They need to figure stuff out. That is on the GM for at least picking people up in your draft or through free agency, in particular um speaking of that i actually want to bring up a few options for next year's free agency or for this coming free agency for guys we might look at here so some reasons some notable signings one of them you already listed off by the way uh darius slayton is going to be available this year um Hmm. dj shark as we said uh let's see here uh marvin jones from the Jacksonville. i don't know if i'd want him though just because of the age uh juju smith schuster but i guess that's the question do you want those two teammates rejoining on the same roster, you know. Hmm. Schuster had a reasonable year, but I wouldn't know if it was worth, like, giving him money money. Right. You know, like, for anything. Uh, Jacoby Myers, New England, he'll be available. Alan Lazard, you know, if you want to enhance the running game, you can have him. Jarvis Landry, he'll be available, but credit, he's also in the back. He's now pushing 30, so at that point – to me, you're better off just trading for D Hop if you want to go for D Hop. Right.
1: That's, I would think you go for D Hop in my opinion. But then, do you want to have that baggage too? Because you got to remember suspension.
0: Well, I, well, no, that's that's gone.
1: He did that yeah. this year. But do you want to? I don't know. Do you want to deal with that or not? No, who knows?
0: I mean, as long as he as long as he understood what happened there, and they, you know, they're fine. Uh, my deal is is that he supposedly wants an, an extension to his current deal. So,
1: oh, no, they won't go for that. That is what you're
0: gonna have to balance is, you know, you're thir- He's he's gonna be 30 this year, which isn't unreasonable. There's still is good production from guys that are pushing 30. I mean, A.J. Green, you know, has still made an extra two years out of his career. You know, playing in Arizona because he's been a great supporting role, or was arguably one a number two option the year prior with the Cardinals. So, you know, guys can still play up to, can play up in that age range. The thing is, how long do you have the deal for? To me, whatever deal he signs, and just so I can double check this, I would say you don't want more than three years if you're going to bring him on. For this type of extension or whatever I from last I checked I believe he only has two years on his yeah so he has two years on his deal next year. if you extend him, give him to me no more than an extra two year extension with maybe an easy way of opting to let him go for a year four yeah. but you know if he wants out and you want to get somebody like that and you want to kickstart something, that is available and to me, it still fits the contingency plan that I have referenced in my in my discussions. Because even if Fields and that setup doesn't work and you get everything and you want to move on, Nick on 2024 possibly, you still can have the contingency plan of a young guy that gets a, res- a number one receiver like that available to him.
1: That is true. And I want to point out Jacksonville Jaguars had 180 drops, so that's still more than the Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing that out there.
0: Oh, yeah, that t- yeah, which which that's that killed me this year is, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't really get talked about until the end of the year even though he had a to me an arguably, you know, as good of a season in terms of production, you know. I did find that funny, but you know, I again, it, you know, Fields is a runner as runner right now and what he's been doing dual threat wise pretty exciting. I just hope it keeps going next year. So that's the thing. Um but yeah. Yeah, I mean I think D-Hop fits, and plus, here's the other banker. Well, let's add this in. You're probably not going to give up a first-rounder for him now because of the age portion.
1: Through Hopkins? And
0: you're going to have to make some – and you're going to – yeah, and you're going to also have to give concessions because, well, remember, Arizona, we're taking on this contract. So we can give you, like, a second or third – like, maybe, like – what if you do, like, here's the thing. Give a second and maybe like a maybe, like, a second for this year – or something, or next year, and then, like, at least a third for next year or, like, something like that. Basically, you wouldn't go up first. There's no way that he's going to be worth the first-round value at this point in his career. Right. Second-rounder, you probably give a second-rounder up for him. At least one. If not, maybe you push two where it's, like, one for 2023, maybe 2024, depending on benchmarks he hits in the season.
1: hmm
0: You know? Kind of like uh, – Kind of like a Carson Wentz deal, but for a receiver.
1: Right. Um, Philadelphia Eagles had more drops, too. I'm listening to you, but I just want to point that out there. They well, I know drops. what you're saying.
0: You're, you're basically going through the list at this point.
1: But, no, Hopkins, uh, I think, should be, yeah. if you're looking at a veteran receiver, figure out how to get him. Um, mock drafts have done, which are not realistic, it's been taken as a second rounder, like giving up a second round pick for him, and then – like you said, maybe a year extension. If you do two years, that's it, that, it has to be that third-year guarantee. That fourth year is you can be hopped out or you can stay and we'll pay whatever that fourth year is. Um, I do like the idea of having Hopkins in there. And then Mooney, if, is he coming back? Is he still
0: uh, – or is he done? I mean, Mooney, they need to figure out their – because he's also another one they have to sign on this season. So – I would say you re-sign Darnell Mooney. Um,
1: I would say if you have Mooney... Yeah. Mooney, Hopkins, Komet, Claypool, and St. Brown with a young Pringle back... Or Pringle, whatever, back around. I think, to me, that's a pretty decent receiver core.
0: See, I don't know if you bring Byron Pringle back. Unless it's a cheap deal like St. Brown got where it's like a one-year, one-mil, something kind of thing. Because...
1: Yeah, you know, if you could if it's cheap, bring yeah, him I, back.
0: I mean, I mean obviously cuz he had injury issues, you still you can't give him that. You you would be like, "Here, you know, we could use you for the depth." Which is probably what Pringle fits best at this point if you're debating on how they build the receiving core this season since that's so much of the talk. Mm-hmm. Is he probably should be a depth piece. You know, start building like how Kansas City has it where it's like you have guys that are good like that could fit in from like a second string or third string level at that point.
1: Right, that's what I mean like cuz that's what I would think because of the injuries we even had this year. Like think about it like if mm-hmm. someone get, like if Mooney gets hurt again, who do you put in there? And so maybe that's a good starting way for next year to say okay, here's these weapons. If you can somehow bring Montgomery back, now you have him and Herbert around that, mm-hmm. at least from that aspect. Now the old line you have to take care of itself. Then you're sitting there going okay, we're kind of set here. And people can be happy because, look, we have what some receivers coming back. We have Claypool on a contract year to see, like, okay, maybe he'll play better knowing he has to play well in order to make money. Mm -hmm. Mooney, coming off of an injury, will come back stronger. So you have those pieces put there. And then you have Hopkins, who has been around, is a deep ball threat or a yards-after-catch threat. Um, I think that's maybe how you go for it. And with the dysfunction of Arizona – Maybe he'll one out, like sitting there going, "Okay, get me out of here." Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think he already, at least if my understanding, Hopkins is either wanting out or the Cardinals are debating what they want to do with him. But I mean, if you get D. Hop and basically you try and work on getting Claypool a hundred percent involved, like, and again, this, this will get judged harder next year. But like, if you're really like you, you traded a second rounder for him, so you have to, you have to get what you can out of him, you know, to justify that value. So, you know, build the depth like that. You definitely resign Mooney. I think, and some people have argued differently, because RB value anymore is a complete crapshoot. Either you get mm-hmm. got generational talents like Derrick Henry, or like a Saquon, or like a Christian McCaffrey. And credit McCaffrey also that was being questionable up until this year because of injuries, but. <laughs> I digress. You get someone like that talented, and you pay them, or you get someone that's on the fringe, like a like a David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Really good running back, has a motor, is able to churn extra yards almost every run, and is a 1,000-yard to sub-1,000-yard rusher almost every season, but doesn't get that recognition or is that height and level. So right now the question is, okay, we well have Herbert there. To me, good production, but like we talked can't block. So you bring him back as well. You know, and you have the cap to do it. Bring guys back that deserve to be there. Mooney to me does. So does Montgomery on that offense. You bring those two back into pieces. You want guys that like where they're going so far and are on the upper trajectory. Those two are. You know? I think you do that. Here's another one I think I, I question because we didn't bring him up. What do you do with Nikhil Harry? Because mm. I think he had some flashes, but and could be a good depth guy, but is, is there going to be room for him if you get the right pieces to land on that roster?
1: Well, and that's the thing. If Pringle was injury-prone, do you keep him or this guy around instead of him and just build him into mm-hmm. the rest of them and have him be a return guy, like a punt return guy, and get him some reps eventually later on? Because the other thing I'm reading up on now is Hopkins wants to go somewhere to win. So is Hopkins even going to want to go to the Bears thinking like, They'd have to sell it to him, like show him that they're going to win soon because he might sit there and go, you know what? I just might go with the Patriots. The Patriots are big on Hopkins right now. So does he go with the Patriots? Does he go to the – like not Jaguars, um, goes to like the Eagles? Can they somehow swing it, which I doubt. Does he go somewhere where they're going to win? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And he's owed a lot of money.
0: Let me let me get up the uh, just to double check. So I need the Bears free agent list for this year because there's a there's a few of them that are, I guess, you know, like I said, it's more like fringe. Like, do you want to keep them around or not? So here's 2023's free agent list. Like I said, Pringle, uh, Nick Morrow. I personally it would be for depth. I don't want Nick Morrow starting next year. I, I thought he was I thought he was average to below average. In mm-hmm. that running in that linebacker core, uh, you have Nikhil Harry, Angela Blackson, Ryan Griffin, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. Which, d- depending on the rate, maybe I-, I think you throw him a bone just for how long he's been around. That's my opinion. Like, uh, but that's not guaranteed, of course. Uh, pre- Patrick Scales, I think you should definitely bring him back. Um, let's see here: Matthew Adams, uh, Dan Dan Crookshank or Dan Crookshank, Dakota Dozier. Michael Schofield, maybe for depth, but, again, that's a position that's very much up in the air right now and is going to probably have a lot of turnover anyway. Um, You know, Dante Pettis, another receiver. What do you do? Mm -hmm. He had a pretty solid, I think, back half of the season, but does he fit in this offense? Which, maybe this is your answer. You know, Mooney acts a lot more as like a slot guy in my eyes, Mm -hmm. and if you don't use Valus Jones as the depth, maybe Pettis – is maybe that third stringer behind Vailus Jones or something like that. You know, unless Vailus far- carves out more of his niche like he was doing at the end of the year, I-, I think that's what he'll turn into is the depth. It's kind of hard to say because he had good production, like for example, Vailus that is, and Dante did as well. But if you bring on guys to fill those spots through the draft and through what you hopefully are trades and signing acquisitions, that's another person I'm wondering like, hey does he fit in this roster? Do you make him a third stringer, maybe a practice squad guy, or does he move on? You know, mm-hmm. you know, which is the better question. Does he just move on? Period. If you don't sign him on like that.
1: Did you see the top five free agent Bears targeting on twenty four seven Sports?
0: Hey, do, 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 top five?
1: Their fifth one the Bears could go after is Jacoby Myers, wide receiver from New England. Um, Levante David, linebacker from. Tampa Bay, uh, Jenkins, guard from the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle from the Eagles. And then Orlando mm-hmm. Brown from Kansas City, a nice offensive tackle, has been the top five.
0: And you can probably offer Brown the money for that. Um, I, he, they definitely have the cap to get someone of his caliber. Twenty-two point four. Uh, I agree a lot on the Levante.
1: Twenty-two point four yeah. million dollars for him.
0: Oh, I, I mean, they, they probably could get that. You know, they it'd still be worth it for how much they want someone to protect the opposite side. Mm-hmm. You definitely need that. And then I also agree with. Uh, to me, I want Levante David mm-hmm. because unless unless they draft, like I said, unless they go higher up on a linebacker in the draft like second round they pick up someone you know uh but credit they could really use it across the board so yeah levante david i mean dudes dudes all pro or you know 32 that's the only problem is age is going to be the thing that i think people will question it is a rebuilding team but if you want to get him for like again talk that like three to five year period you know nothing more like that get it that final stretch i mean Guys like Bobby Wagner are still playing at a top level, you know. David is still one of the better linebackers in this league, and they could use anyone right now. So, Mm -hmm. depending on the rate he goes for, if it's in the reasonable range right now, which you're saying, I think it was 10 mil, like just under 10 mil was what they were talking on this 24-7 you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that that – I think think maybe he pushes a little higher than that. He's not going to make 20, but I think you can get him for a reasonable market value and – Get some good leadership in that linebacker core again
1: that's needed. Right. So, another list also
0: helps for Jack Sanborn because you, getting a veteran guy like that that he can lean on probably will help a ton as well.
1: Another list just has a ton of defensive players. One shocking one was Jamal Williams on there, and I don't think he would want to leave the Lions, but mm-hmm. it's possible. Saquon Barkley's on there. Juju Smith's on there. Nelson Aguilar from the from Patriots is on there. Um yeah. Dalton Schultz tied in from the Cowboys is on there.
0: I, I do agree with the Myers one from 24 7, by the way. Um But again, Myers to me I don't know if he's a number one though. That's the thing that like people are talking like they want that definitive like de facto gonna be game record type of guy I don't know if Myers is that unless but and that the only reason I say that is unless you think that which could be possible unless you think that Justin Fields play will elevate his game more than Mac Jones which is is definitely could be the case you know well depending on how the offense is run next year but yeah
1: could also be a plan if they don't get Hopkins. If they're trying to trade, they don't get him. Then it's like, okay, we still have these free agents we can go get. And then Mooney and Claypool can lead the way, and then these guys can kind of feel their way in, and then they go from there. Because there might be some wide receivers in the draft, not this year but next year, that they can go out and get or play around with. Um, but there's a lot of stuff they can do. Um, I don't know if I'm fully on board with them trading fields only because who you going to get. That's my whole thing coming back to that. So I think they can play with anything else unless they figure out a way to get a different winner quarterback in right away. Because who knows if Justin Fields is Brian Poles' guy because didn't draft him, you know, um, didn't prove himself as this consistent passer this year. And, man, that could be alarming. Um Maybe it does make sense to keep paying his rookie contract the next year. And then in 2024, say, is there a different quarterback we can get out there free agency or a trade when somebody demands a trade? Um, Mm -hmm. The only thing I could see, which would be shocking, is if they got Carr because he wants out. But, again, Carr would want to go somewhere he's going to win now. He's not going to go somewhere it's like, I'm going to be rebuilding. So,
0: yeah, De- I mean, Derek Carr, I, he, I mean, he's going to find a starting job. There's no doubt about it. It's just, you know, I think he – like I said, I think he wants to go somewhere that he doesn't have to do as much because something that was an interesting stat that I also didn't realize was his entire career he has never had a top-ten defense supporting him on the other side of the ball. Hmm. Um, I guess he has not had that support. Now, I mean, credit, there's been years that he's been – a few of them have been average, but I mean he's had some pretty good years. I mean, you know, we were talking previous season, like, you know, he was back to his he was quietly back to his former status of how he was playing. So mm-hmm. you know, I just thought that they shouldn't have hired Josh McDaniels. Because they shouldn't have hired Josh McDaniels. It was a <laughs> dumb choice. Um, <laughs> when when they hired him, I said they're gonna it's gonna be a horrible year, and sure enough, it's a bad year.
1: Yeah. I also want to point this out. Let's compare Justin Fields' second year to Mitch Trubisky's second year. Let's just let's just have some fun here. Okay. Justin Fields was seventeen touchdowns to eleven interceptions, uh, two thousand two hundred and forty-two yards passing. Completion percentage was mm-hmm. sixty point four. Mitch Trubisky's second year. With the Bears, 3,223 passing yards. His completion percentage was 66.6. He had 24 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. So second year so far, Mitch Trubitsky has had a better second year uh, than Mitch Trubitsky. I just want to point that out there. But then I already know what's going to be said. Well, who did he throw to? Who, who did he have to throw to? And I don't want to hear... How was Allen Robinson because he has done nothing since he left. So if you want to know who he had on offense, see, I did a deep dive. I've everything already pulled up for a long time. Right. 2018, we had Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, both running backs, uh, Taylor Gabriel as a wide receiver, Allen Robinson as a receiver, and Trey Burton as the tight end. And that's who he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to hear how he had all these great guys around him compared to Justin Fields anymore. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: <sighs> Fair enough. Um,
1: Fair enough, man. Because I, I,
0: yeah, ne- I mean next year's next year's a big year. You know, it's uh. <laughs> Year three, to me, is kind of how I, I decide make or break for a lot of quarterbacks usually.
1: And no, so. y- you had convinced me of that a long time ago. Where I said, you know, that actually makes sense. I'm on board with. I'm not a Justin Fields person, but I'm not. He's not going anywhere unless they trade him this year, which I didn't even think was possible. Conversation, mm. and you got me on board with that early on, and I said, okay, you know. I don't think he'll progress as a passer this year. I had to look at it from a non-fan perspective. So I was all on board. I agree with you. That's a fair thing. If I think coaches should get three to five years, then maybe this type of situation, the player gets three years or so. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. Mm -hmm. But it's when I have to listen to these jackass guys on podcasts and this media and this and that, and they get thousands upon thousands of views, and I don't understand how because they're doing exactly what we're doing. And they sit there and talk about how Justin Fields has arrived and he's the guy and it's everybody else's fault. And that was my big thing. Bears fans have become LeBron James fans. And this is what I mean by that LeBron James can do no wrong in everybody's eyes at all. Oh, man. I don't think, I think that's how people look at him. And that's what turned me off from being a LeBron fan. I probably would have if LeBron didn't immediately start. Calling himself the king, and the fans were all over. I would probably be sitting here going, Oh, yeah, he's whatever. Justin Fields just could do no wrong during the season. It was always somebody else's fault. Until the last two or three games, and correct me if I'm wrong, around the last two or three games, you probably saw the same people I do on Twitter, and they are on these shows, and they post this, and they go, it's not out of the realm for Ryan Poles to trade Justin Fields because he has not proven himself as a consistent passer. But you're the same people all year that talked about how he can throw, he's arrived, he is him, all this stuff that I don't understand because that's young kid lingo that I don't understand where that comes from. Mm -hmm. And that's my, my biggest thing with this. And I've said this a million times. I watched Justin Fields at Ohio State have three first-round wide receivers, offensive linemen, two running backs average 150 yards a game per running back. Um, I watched him up against Indiana, who had a really good defense, and he struggled. He threw like three picks. I watched him versus Northwestern, who had a really, really good defense, and they held him under 150 yards passing or something. It was crazy. And I knew his weaknesses – But I also knew his strength. His strength is moving the pocket, short throws, don't have him throw it deep all the time, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I've lost my train of thought now because – but the thing is I just watch these people flip-flop back and forth. I try to stay the same. Just blame everybody. That's all I'm saying. Blame everybody. Don't blame the whole O-line because people don't understand when you have a pocket – and the quarterback moves out of said pocket, the defensive linemen are going to move, which makes their job harder. Now, was all the sacks on Justin Fields? Absolutely not. They were on the linemen. There's plays where the linemen get beat. There's plays where Herbert gets blown backwards because he can't (laughs) pass protect. And they're not on Justin Fields. Those are on everybody else. But he also, I think, led the league in holding the ball. Like, he won't throw it. And his body's going to get broken down because of all the running. And so I guess the question is, are people saying that he has arrived and he's that good because all the highlights we're seeing are these 60-yard runs, these 70-yard runs, which are fantastic. He's not a running back playing quarterback. He's an athlete playing quarterback, in my opinion. But is the definition of being good because he has these explosive plays or – they just want to hide the fact that he's not a consistent passer, but when you bring up consistent passer, they go, well, look who he's throwing to, which I've shown. The New York Giants have more drops. The Jaguars have more drops. So is it mm. is it the receivers? Is it because he's not throwing them the ball? Is it because they're running the ball more, which is all highly possible? That's where I get frustrated as a fan watching this and listening to these people, which I've stopped listening to them altogether. I've unfollowed Adam Hogue and all of them because I just can't take it no more of the hypocrisy of flip-flopping back and forth. And then they think it's crazy of the fact that Trey Justin Fields. I don't think it's crazy. I think it's in the realm of possibility of they could. They could sit there and go, hey, you know what? We are rebuilding. We're we're scraping it all away.
0: Yeah. The only reason that's getting brought up that I've seen that is legitimate from what I've read is the rebuild process of kind of matching up contracts, or I guess getting your own guy as well? So because he's on a four-year Fields is too. in his. Is it four I, years? I, 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 well, no, it's four with a fifth-year option. That's how con- rookie contracts
1: go. That's but right. That's right.
0: My my thing was that a lot of the a lot of times when you see rebuilds with a new GM and a new coach, usually you want the QB to be in on that first big like. Basically, brand new on the ground floor, if you Uh can. That's new on the spot with the rest of your young talent coming up. Uh Um, Fields is two years in and already going on year three. So the argument is, well, his contract doesn't match you up with the rest of the rookie deals we'll bring in or everyone else. What if we bring in someone that is also on the said rookie timeline and do it that way? And then, you know, others have argued that, you know, i've actually it's funny rich eisen on his own show uh him and his other staff had arguments on this rich believes they should keep fields a few of their other guys on that uh team do not think so and that they should trade for bryce young or they should go for bryce young and then trade away justin fields um and i think it's some people believe that bryce young's a better passer coming out of college right now which you know it that depends how does the pro days go you know i don't know. And. I know that publicly Brian Poles has said it would take someone blowing me away. Well, we'll see how pro days go because, I mean, right now your best option is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. There's Will Levis talk out there. I don't think Will Levis is your Mm. number one overall. No. Most likely it's Bryce Young. So the question is, is Bryce Young that effing good to where he has to go, you know what, for the greater good, I'm going to pull the trigger. We'll see. Because again, if it's all about stockpiling picks, I mean, I'll be honest with you, they'll get value out of Justin Fields if they were to trade Justin Fields. Like, yep. that's bound to happen. So I don't know if they'll do that. But every honestly, that's why it's brought up, because everything's on the table. When you're 3 and 14, and you've basically stripped everything down to the bottom of the barrel, most part, everything still should be considered on the table. Does it mean it's the right decision? No, but you still should have that talk. That's why the Fields trade talk comes up. Like. People still should have that talk, even if most people don't believe it's the right decision. You still should have that as a discussion in your room when you're debating the future of your franchise and what you think is a sustainable way of building a winning roster.
1: Right, because the the debate is we can't evaluate Fields right now, so that's why they keep him because of who he had. And the argument, I will say, the argument is – it's a double-edged sword i could sit here you could be all you're more on justin fields than i am so you could sit there and say "Justin."
0: i I believe that i i saw progress this year overall i think he i think that next year there's potential to have that go up again but it's going to hinge on next year because there is that much that they are banking on or bringing guys in if their plan goes the way it goes and that they are going to upgrade everything If things don't work out next year, that's when I will go, okay, we need to figure this out. Because that's how I was with Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. 2019 season? After that, I was like, yeah, no, we need to get the hell out of here. Like, it didn't go the way we thought it did. That's where I'm at. It's the same deal after year two of Mitch, where it's like, okay. And this was Bears Phantom 2, by the way. It seems like they forgot this. But this is the same way we were with, with Mitch Trubisky after season two. Dude's a Pro Bowl alternate. Dude's got slinging better numbers. Dude's looking pretty solid. We should have another good year next year. So I expect an up-and-up trend. If I I don't see that, I'm going to be the same way I was with Mitch. We need to get moving on because Mm -hmm. the more time you waste with a quarterback like that, if he's not progressing the way you need him to be, the more you need to make decisions, especially with the setup you have currently with the amount of cap and all those young talents you're going to be bringing in, you cannot screw this up right so the first sign of trouble with that you move to me if next year doesn't go well the year after you move on if it does well great then we have the qb for sure but there is going to be pressure next year I, even with the good praises from you know some of the some of the leaps he took and the run game that he brought to the table there is going to be that pressure so right you know but every but to me you should give him a third year i understand your point though where it's like i you see stuff i think you should be allowed to critique qb play I know we're fans but even if experts have brought things up you still should be able to openly discuss it there's no there's no left there's no love hate choice you, you can choose the middle option you know you can you can dissect what you think of a person of a player you know just keep in mind that he is a player and that you are a fan you don't go on the field
1: you know Right. Because my whole thing is, if we can evaluate during COVID, coaches got fired, guys got cut, guys got traded in college and NFL, if you can do that during the COVID year where everything is screwed up and people talked about, you know, whatever, then I can do it now. You know what I mean? Like, that was my big thing. And then the thing is, for me, the the double-edged sword comes into, well, you can't look at him because he doesn't have the quote-unquote receivers. Well, I can make the argument if he's that good, he should be able to, to to build up the receivers around him and blah, 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 So that's why to me, and I'll say this now, and I'll make a clip of this. That's why this argument can never be won or lost. I can sit here and dig my feet into the ground saying he's not that great of a passer consistently. I've seen him make good throws, but I said that in college. Consistently good thrower he was not. I've watched him overthrow a post by 12 yards in college to a round first-round pick. A wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I've watched him do it with the Bears, but then there's times he makes amazing throws, like the Vikings second half, boom, boom, boom. Like, look at this, look at this, he can do it. But it's a it's a lose lose argument because you are better when you have good receivers, but mm-hmm. receivers can also be better when you have Peyton Manning or Tom Brady throwing you the ball, which is few far in between. Um, you know, so to me, that's why this argument always should be. Well, it's a loss, but I just I'm sick and tired of, I think I'm also jealous, I'm, these guys get thousands of views when they do these shows, and I'm like look what you're saying though in week 3 compared to week 15, you have now just completely changed your thought process because mm-hmm. you were hope like maybe that's fandom talking and that's fine
0: I, I think it's part of that and just kind of Some seasons are sometimes emotional roller coasters, so I guess I add that as a tribute, too. Um, I just think that, you know, there are opinions that can be changed, but some things don't always just immediately change on a dime. Right. That's when I... That's my thing. If you're you're like a week-to-week guy where it's like that, that's when I go, all right, maybe we need to reevaluate how you're looking and talking sports takes, but if your like opinion is if your opinion to me changes over the season fair i mean that's that's how a season usually works you know i think i think that's pretty i think it's a pretty good way of doing it but like when i hear weekend week out stuff where it's flip flops that's when i got problems if you're flipping flopping back and forth every other week then yeah i'm not i'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna leave the room at that point <laughs> well i think <laughs> so it also- then it's just going then it's just going with the narrative at that point it's not actually doing analysis
1: it also depends on what you're flip-flopping to. And I think what made me mad was yeah. how they talked about how a how great of a passer he actually is, or how much better he's gotten, but the receivers aren't helping him. But then as the season went along, the receivers didn't change besides a couple because they were injured. They didn't change. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, then they wanted to talk about, well, he's not a great consistent passer all of a sudden. Like that's where I got a little frustrated. Um, I can respect a season-long change like if you sat there and said you know I plan on him being growth as a passer more consistent and as the season goes on you go well no he wasn't Um, it proved to me Um, I just think the definition of a good quarterback is excitement and you're you know he's breaking away on these plays I'm not I'm not taking away that he's athletic I'm not taking away that he's smart I'm not taking away that he is you know an amazing athlete but the the Again, I think if it wasn't so hyped up about how great of a passer he was, I wouldn't be mad if everybody was just kind of like, yeah, he has to grow this year. Or if they took your take. Like, hey, it's going to be rough this year. He's not going to be this amazing Peyton Manning passer. Next year, though, he grows into that. We're we're sitting pretty good. You know, like, you know, we have a guy that can move in the pocket a little bit. But I do think that I, I did say this. Go back. If you watched the game, the Atlanta Falcon game is when the running, I think, started to take its toll a little bit. You watch that he's limping around. That's when he got hurt, I think, a little bit later on. Then he had a big, amazing run later on. I can't remember what game it was, but he had a big 60, 70, 80-yard run, whatever that was. If you watch him after that run, he is, like, grabbing his thighs because he's like, that's a lot to ask him to do. Yeah. And you can't win. Mm-hmm. My whole point to people was we still lost those games when he was running. So it's proven that we're not going to win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So this is – I can't believe I'm even saying this because of just how the season started, which, again, here's here's a fun little opinion-changing type of discussion that people have had in the NFL, too. We talk a lot about the Giants because, to me, I think the Giants, if you're talking about a team that swung from bad to, you know, taking the best of its parts and playing to the best of its strengths, it did it this year. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because Daniel Jones is playing – at least his at least end-of-the-year play is kind of what I want to see Justin Fields evolve more into, if possible. I'm talking, like, 250-plus passing. You get, like, 50 or so yards rushing, whether it's on broken plays or on some design runs every now and then, and a few touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's funny because I never thought I'd say that about Daniel Jones after recent years, but... He kind of is showing to me that's the that's the avenue I want to see Justin Fields evolve into. Just give him more talent this year to throw to. you know, and there you go. And you're also at that point exposing him to less hits if you build the line as well and you have less runs. Yeah. you know, he still is a threat. that's the thing. He still could be a running threat. It's just mm-hmm. as we all want to say, we want to see him throw more through the air thus see like a Jones or like a Josh Allen type of like progression, Lamar Jackson after his MVP season, like stuff like that. That's what I think people want to see him go towards, you know, things like that. Less running, more where you're getting the throwing and you're not getting beaten up all the time
1: for having to do that. Right, but on top of that, again, because I'm going to be the devil's advocate, if he can learn to not hold on to the ball for three or four seconds, this helps.
0: And yes, that will help too. That helps too because there are – times so
1: but yes I do agree that people wrote off Daniel Jones until this year then all of a sudden he only threw 15 touchdowns and five interceptions but if you're gonna throw 15 touchdowns and five interceptions and still find your way into the playoffs you're sitting pretty good so if the Bears can really get that old line going the run game going get back to what we've said for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks play action stuff with Justin Fields to get the ball out quick, force him to get the ball out quick. If you don't have it, just get rid of the ball. Mm -hmm. I think that will help get into a rhythm of like, I got to get rid of the ball quick. I got to get rid of the ball quick. Um, Then you just get Claypool more involved. I think that's a safety blanket. Darnell Mooney, like I think there's already things there to work with, believe it or not. Like I think there's some things there that can grow so we don't have to go out. Maybe you get one more receiver. Then if Fields grows into a passer and they keep him. I want to be wrong. That's sometimes I'm saying I'm not doing this to be right. I want to be wrong. I want Justin Fields to do good because I'm a Bears fan. If next year he churns. I, I, I want to be wrong. And people can come at me for it. The, I'm sure people will do that. But I want to be wrong. I want him to be a really good passer. But I can't sit here and think that him running the ball puts us in a better position because it doesn't. Because like, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get tired.
0: Not, not for the long term.
1: Right. It's flashy. It's it's, fun. It's
0: it's it's definitely a short term thing. That's the thing,
1: right? I think because I've watched Lamar Jackson run, and they didn't like look what's happened now. He was hurt, and he didn't play in the playoff game.
0: Well, that's funny because I also said you know I just said you know good things about Lamar with you know post his mvp his -er and moving on post that and you know sure enough you know part of the discussion around his contract negotiations is. Durability issues. Yep. So.
1: That's why I want to get ahead of it. Part of that
0: comes down to, you know, getting hit. (laughs) Well,
1: that's why they got to get ahead of it now because they saw what happened. So, I don't know. I think ultimately it came down to what's your definition of a successful quarterback year or what's your definition of good quarterback? Is it the passing? Is it the running? Is it these explosive plays? And I think to some of these media guys, these podcast guys, it was – posting the, it's fun to post clips of him running um you could find a clip of him making a good pass but I can find clips of him making horrible decisions I can find clips of whatever if he just takes that next jump next year I hop on here and say I was mm-hmm. wrong and I'm glad he's doing better because it's a win-win for me bears win or they move on and find a guy that can come in and do it ultimately very heated talk there but we got yeah. through it it's okay we made through it
0: now that's how it works you know <laughs> this is all like i said all stuff when you are three and 14 when you are the worst team in the nfl everything's on the table
1: which I don't, s- I don't when think we i don't think we. when you when, did we say they'd be the worst I mean, team you, or
0: no i Bert, i thought they would finish seven and ten when i when someone asked me earlier this year my honest opinion was they were going to be seven and 10 at best nine and eight that's right so I thought yeah. it was going to be a better year credit injuries derailed part of that but mm-hmm. I thought they were going to finish seven and ten it did not go as planned because things just fell off the tracks after like the midway point of the year for the most part
1: yeah sorry I interrupted you I'm good at interrupting people
0: that's fine it's fine I- I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm used to it, man.
1: But I will say, you, conv- you had convinced me early on to, get to look at it next year. If they don't move him this year, if something doesn't happen, to look at it next year, because it's fair is fair. Look at it next year. I would just like a backup that could be there to push him. You know what I mean? Like, to really, like – that's why, to me, like a Gardner Minshew could come in, and if he's a good teammate – push him to be better. Maybe he gives him a little, you know, you know, whatever. And then if it's not working out with Fields, you have someone that can come in and kind of pick up and be that pocket passer that they want right now, you know. So that's why always why I pushed for that. And I want some swag. I want some swag in Chicago. I think he would be the perfect guy uh, to come in in his headband and aviators and his jean shorts out of living out of his van, like just something <laughs> to fit in there
0: now he'd he'd be great for social media i I would love and and again i think he'd just be better for the qb room nathan peterman's going into free agency by the way this year um and honestly i think that's like i agree with you on that in that stint if you're talking pieces to do like why not like upgrade the qb room you're you're, might as well upgrade everything because i mean you know qb room d line Especially the D-line. Jesus, they need some help oh, on God. D-line and edge so badly. Um, and a lot of that's going to come in the draft. I mean, if Will Anderson is their choice, like, that's the thing, you know. that's part of it goes back to the draft, like the whole number one pick decision. Like, if Will Anderson impresses that much, do you pick up Will Anderson? You just instantly fix that, or at least instantly add a playmaker like that? We'll find mm-hmm. out, you know. But, I mean, they have so many options to fix. That's That's where it's like, you know. Where do you Everything start? needs upgrades, <laughs> including that QB room. You know.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I know a guy in and San I, in Francisco.
0: Besides you know.
1: I know a guy in San Francisco.
0: Oh no, no way. You know. You think, but do you th- do you see them? Do you see them paying? Because Garoppolo is going to go somewhere and get a reasonable deal.
1: Well. That's a whole other thing of what the forty ers decide to do because now you had Jimmy Garoppolo who was playing well till he got hurt. Now you got Purdy who's playing well. But you think, playing Lance, well. you think Trey Lance Trey Lance is the future, so now you've got these this big decision. Now out of all of them, they'll get rid of Jimmy G because he's older. Yeah. But but now they'll get something for him. That's the thing. Yeah. And where's he gonna go? I don't know where he's gonna go. Doesn't somebody out there need a quarterback right now where he's gonna go and play? like right now, and if they're going to Arlington where he's from, maybe they could uh, throw him a bone. Maybe he'll go back up. Maybe he'll go to be a backup.
0: You know, I think it all depends on what a deal he takes and what he thinks is possible because, I mean, you know, if he wants to do something like last year where, like, he gets paid like nine mil to sit behind someone and maybe he gets to jump in and – do his thing, then I mean, that would easily make it the, one of the better QB rooms in the NFL because Garoppolo could be a starter in a lot of places right now or with the 49ers for that matter, if they want. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Cause I mean, he's going to be a free agent to me. Like Garoppolo, there's too much QB competition now. Like Brock Purdy has cemented himself as like, Hey, I'll be a cheaper option that can basically run Garoppolo's position, possibly even better than Garoppolo. And I might be even challenging for the starting spot next year because of the fact that, you know, Trey Lance is out, but I've already shown you I can do all this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. So, like, there's that. But, I mean, the Bears, to me, the Bears shouldn't be in the market for Garoppolo. I think Minshew is your better market, like you're talking. Right. Someone that's a solid backup QB that also has been in the ringer for a few years. And, as you said, if things were to go, like, nuclear south – you can at least put someone in where you could at least say, "Screw it, let's take a shot with him." You know,
1: and he'd be cheap, not cheap. but they wouldn't pay and him he'd as be much. Cheap.
0: He would be. He would also be cheap, that too.
1: Unless they go get Baker Mayfield. There you go, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Pay him eight million dollars a year. While mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew's last pay was six hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars. Garderman shoe is probably the best option. Um, we did it. I think we made it through. I think so. Without you killing me about my field yeah. takes, but I had to get that off my chest.
0: Uh, it's fine. I mean, that's all pent up stuff, you know, but it's kind of hard when you basically the main thing you can say is, well, hey, we have a bunch of stuff they need to basically per- need to pick up. But, you know. That's going to be the a question. A lot of decisions to be made. Yeah. Hmm.
1: That'll be the question. It'll be busy
0: off season. I, I,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. I keep interrupting you because I'm an asshole.
0: You're fine. You're not an asshole. Um,
1: that'll be the big question for the Bears: is where do they decide to start and fix? Like you said, is the D line worse than the O line? Is you know, is the wide receiver core as bad as they think it is? Um, I personally think the D line is worse. That's a horrible situation uh they got no pressure um they have a hodgepodge of linebackers like we said I think they need to get a safety to help with Eddie Jackson because if he's injury prone do they get a guy to back up so they have I've done some mock drafts and that's one of them that pops up you know it kind of helps you out one of them's a safety it wants you to draft a safety so I think that's kind of where they're leaning towards is they have to get a backup so be curious to see where the Bears start um yeah there'll be more to talk about we have a long off season uh a lot of stuff to do with the bears as moving forward lots of fun things i've done about 12 mock drafts in two days and i think i've only trade not traded justin fields once if you want me to be Mm -hmm. honest with you there you go uh i've only gotten a b plus so i'm not very good but we got it i did pretty good um, any final thoughts as we slowly wrap this up? Then I've got my Justin Fields anger all out.
0: Uh, sit back relax, and try to relax as you read every possible mock draft take that you'll ever see on social media because I'm, or trade, which I do want to end the show. There is someone who has suggested, what if the Bears trade for Justin Jefferson? And by that I say, if Minnesota does that it's their fault. But that one no way. They're not going to land Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I don't,
1: I don't see spit. the I don't see any cuz I thought the same thing about like trading with the Packers for somebody. I don't neither of those two teams are going to trade with the Bears. You
0: don't trade like, inter interdivisional trades are stupid rare and especially for talent that level. You it just Unless it was that bad, Minnesota, I guarantee you, they would trade outside their division in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know? And to me, that's like a logic thing where people are like, well, what if we get him? It's like, well, you won't because that's not going to happen. So, sorry.
1: Here's an offensive lineman. They won't do that. Here's an offensive lineman on a positive note they could need to try to get from Notre Dame. Jarrett Patterson, he had 1,688 Pass block, snaps, zero sacks allowed. Mm-hmm. That's a guy right I know there. Exactly,
0: who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And you guys like that?
1: That's that's going to be the question. We're right back. To, I feel like we're back in 2019 or 2020 where it's like we need an offensive line and we need it now.
0: We do need it. We need it bad. You
1: know. But they decided to get Justin Fields, and so we're in the situation again.
0: Time will tell. It's time to rebuild. That's the best way you can put it.
1: It's but officially
0: construction season.
1: Literally for a new stadium and for the team.
0: New stadium. Uh Lori I want that. I actually kinda want that render that's on the lakefront, by the way.
1: Oh, that that video they put out to try to save Soldier Field and keep the Bears.
0: Yeah. It's too
1: late. It's too late for that.
0: I mean, I think it's too late, but I like the render.
1: Oh, it looks awesome, but it's just I mean, too little too late. Putting the
0: pillars in – I mean, putting the pillars yeah. inside and everything. I, I mean, you already have, de- you already have de- desecrated Soldier Field's original. Look, you might as well just go full bore now.
1: Here's the thing. It's too little too late. If Because the Bears have asked to change stuff, and they asked about it before the Arlington thing. And Lori Lightfoot in the city of Chicago wanted to fight it, wanted all this money, wanted this and that, and all the BS politic crap that they pull – so the bears said, see ya, we're going over here and now that they thought that it wasn't gonna happen and it's real, no no no, hold on a second. No, like look, look what we can do. Oh, but yeah. but I mean they haven't even figured out they they haven't even figured
0: out the funding. So like they're still like yeah, it's not gonna happen. I don't I will I agree it won't, but
1: Oh, it's know. cool. Don't get me wrong. A man wrong. that
0: wants to a man that wants them to stay in the city can dream.
1: So. Oh no, like if that happened if that was shown and the Arlington thing wasn't a Part of it, full born, but here's the problem now. I
0: mean, other. I mean, otherwise, look, they don't stay in the city. I'm just advocating that they get a USFL team. They bring the Chicago Blitz back and they play in Soldier Field. Yes, you know, or or the NFL, as it's been rumored supposedly, or the NFL says screw it and they add a second Chicago team because they want all their markets that are top that are that big to add have two teams. So
1: we'll be you know. When they got Roger Goodell involved in the Arlington Heights thing, they saw dollar signs because they can have the stadium, they can have a casino built, they can have hotels built because now they have this land and they can do it. Um, you figure out the train that goes like just from Chicago to Arlington and figure yeah, out like
0: I've the- heard all about the train. There's going to be a train station built that goes from downtown. Good luck.
1: Oh, I've hit a nerve for. Stadiums.
0: Well, I mean, credit. I'm not a. I don't live in Chicago. I I follow what goes on. I get it. The taxes would be stupider if you did it and did a rebuild or a revamp like that. I just, it's a pipe dream thing. I just, I like them being in the city. That that principle, of like them being right there in downtown, that does mean something at least to me. But I get why they can't do that. Arlington makes the most sense. It's going to happen. I've accepted it. So.
1: But yes, yeah. I agree. I agree that Justin Fields needs next year and I agree that it would be cool if they were in the city. But take me back to PlayStation 2 days and bring me back my Chicago team for arena football league game. Bring me back mm, yeah. to those times.
0: Oh yeah. That's
1: there a go. Cool, that's a great possibility they could do. They could have XFL stuff go on there. They could have they could have a lot go on with Soldier Field if the Bears left.
0: They'll find a purpose. Like I said, there's there's enough sports properties now. I mean I mean, hell, unless for some reason they want to move them back. Technically, the Chicago Fire play there right now. Mm-hmm. So right now they'd be the main tenant. I don't know if that's enough to sustain it. But, like, if anything, you can still use it for downtown concert and events. Like, having a, a arena downtown like that still has value. So it wouldn't be like sitting there. Plus, it, plus if you let it sit there and be an eyesore in the middle of Chicago, That'd be a massive problem for taxpayers just to see it watch to decay.
1: Oh yeah, so they would, they would hop on and Chicago Fire would be there. I guarantee, um, USFL might get involved because they would probably sit there and go, "Hey, like the springtime." Well, that's, that's
0: what I'm hoping. See, I'm me being a USFL guy. I want the Look, I want the Blitz to return. That's the thing. Bring them back. The the leagues already sustainable as long as they move out to the cities and they find an owner that's. In the Chicago area, that maybe doesn't have NFL cash, but has like decent cash, Mm -hmm. and the city gives them a fair rate to rent, which to me they should if they're getting a new tenant and they want football back in there.
1: There you have it. That's a whole other episode we can do and present it to to Chicago and be like, look what you could do.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be, that would be another like two, three years off, and the USFL needs to keep on showing it will sustain itself. So time will tell. Yeah, you know, or the XFL. I mean, hell, if it can sustain itself, same deal. If one of these alt leagues sustains itself and they find a way to Chicago, to me, there's room for it. They, they yeah. could pull it off.
1: Yeah, I'd be okay. Or the Jaguars are going to move to Soldier Field.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe with, with Lawrence there, I think they're going to get ticket sales back up.
1: Well, because the owner went to the University of Illinois and flies in out of well, Chicago okay. and has ties
0: true but i will also counter with that they are that that owner is also investing in the area around the arena right now or in the stadium right now
1: oh he money means nothing to him
0: oh well fair <laughs> all right i'm good stadium talk is over i have i, I complete my talk for this session or or
1: Elon Musk as buys as it
0: ew i don't know maybe maybe not Ooh, i have no idea i guess Ooh, just because Ooh, whatever
1: Jay Cutler will buy it and start a team. Jay Cutler back in Chicago.
0: <laughs> I know he doesn't have the money for that, but
1: <laughs> No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, I miss his podcast too. He hasn't no. done an episode.
0: I miss it so. He hasn't done an episode recently?
1: Not since September.
0: Wow. Dude's that's a bit of a break. Okay. Maybe he's not feeling it.
1: He was doing well too.
0: I don't know. Oh, I bet he is. I'm just saying, it's there's probably a lot of stuff you can do with podcasts. I'm just shocked he hasn't talked since September. Crazy, it's crazy.
1: Well, all right. Well, Zach, thanks for coming back for Bear Down. It's back. Um, we will. My, my life isn't as crazy soon. There'll be off season stuff to update on, talk about blah 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 blah. Trade Justin Fields, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. All that stuff. Um, I'm going to keep attacking. I might. You know what? I might start a Twitter beef with that Chicago podcast group. You know what? I think I might. I think I might start some beef until they hire me. Yeah. Now nah, I like the Cubs show. I like that one. The Cubs one is nice.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. They have oh. some solid stuff, though.
1: Yeah. I think it's the Bears one that's irritating.
0: Just be more reasonable, you know? Just think. Slow down. Process what you're saying. You know? Revisit what you have said earlier in the season or the previous week for that matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or the previous hour when you were doing something like think about what was being said, yeah. but anyway,
0: maybe, maybe jot down some notes, personal recorder. It's pretty easy.
1: Um, Check out Zach's other podcasts inside the wall. USFL podcast. Cause USFL is making it is coming back. It'll be here before we know it. Um, I think that's all you have, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Inside the Walls and then
0: USFL Podcast, which, I mean, that thing's popping off. We're getting ready for season two of the USFL. So, uh, say you're talk, hearing me talk about the Blitz. If you're curious about that league, hey, look, it is definitely coming back for a year, too. So, if you're worried about spring football, don't worry. It's here, and it's also going to be at more areas of play, including Memphis. They're going to play in Detroit this year, so uh, oh. that should be fun. It's either going to be at uh, Eastern Michigan or at Ford Field from the looks of it.
1: That's cool getting col- like so yeah, college like more college places yeah i like that yeah exactly exactly my plan is to watch more of that this year than last year so that's my plan so i'm gonna do oh, my best trust
0: me you'll like it you, you'll like it it's good
1: um but that will wrap this up go check out zach's all of his other stuff um we'll be back with more bear down stuff uh Zach, thanks for coming back. Thanks for everybody watching or listening, all that good stuff. And we will see you guys next time.